Hi, my name is Brian McPherson, and welcome to the Athena Health Podcast. We're producing this podcast to help you better understand what's coming in the fall 2022 release that will impact the way you see patients and document encounters. Our goal is to help you reduce documentation time so you can focus on your patient care. Now, the fall 2022 release is our third major release of the year. As many of you already know, we release major updates to Athena One three times per year. We're trying to balance providing the best software possible with not disrupting your day-to-day work too often. Because Athena One is cloud-based, it updates automatically. You don't have to set aside time or IT resourcing to make manual updates. Everything will be there in Athena One on your release day. We stagger the updates over three days so that we can be absolutely sure that none of the updates will have any sort of negative impact on the speed and stability of Athena One while we're rolling them out. Each organization will get the release on Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday of release week, the week of November 14th, which allows us to gradually ramp up the volume of patient encounters and build claims utilizing the new features. You can see your organization's release day with a notification in Athena One. We do test all of the features we release, and many of you have been involved in either taking surveys or alpha beta testing in Athena One. We appreciate the time you spend, and we hope you feel like your input is making Athena One a better system for you. Let's talk now about what's happening specifically in the fall 2022 release. I'm joined by Dr. Neela Jessel, the Chief Medical Officer here at Athena Health. Dr. Jessel, can we start by having you share a bit of your background as a clinician and the part you're playing at Athena Health in helping develop new features for Athena One? Sure. Hi, Brian. Thanks for having me. So um, as some of you might already know, my background is in pediatrics and clinic informatics, and I was actually an Athena One customer for many years prior to joining Athena as Chief Medical Officer. So I've used the system as a practicing physician, and I've used it as a clinical IT administrator, um, both in small practice setting, which was my own practice, and in large practice settings. So I am very familiar with not just all aspects of the application, but also some of the challenges our customers face. Um, I joined Athena Health because I'm passionate about the use of health information technology to improve clinical care and to improve the patient and provider experience. So my job at Athena is to partner directly with our product development team and uh, contribute the clinical voice to our feature design and development because we want to ensure that our product meets your needs. I know you spent a lot of time talking to fellow clinicians, including not too long ago at Thrive, our annual summit in Austin, Texas. You even pulled together a clinical advisory board, a group of highly engaged clinicians across our customer base to provide feedback on features in development. Can you tell us what you've learned, what you've gotten out of those conversations? So in addition to partnering with our product development team, my second hat, so to speak, is to interface with our customers. So I spend a lot of time talking to our customers, um, attending various of their clinical IT advisory board meetings to really hear what they have to say about our application, also some of the pain points they experience with our products. Um, I synthesize all that feedback and bring it back to our product development team. Because obviously, despite my experience and having worked with, you know, literally thousands of providers over the last, um, you know, 10 years or so, um, I'm still an N of one. So I try to meet with as many clinicians as possible and also clinical IT administrators to have as broad of a voice and as much feedback as possible for our product development team. Um, as part of this, I've um, 
we selected our former physician advisory board, which we had many years ago, and, and turned it into a clinical advisory board. So in addition to physicians, we have many other practitioners on this board, including um, you know, nurses and clinical IT administrators, because we want to have, again, as broad a perspective as possible. So recently, I was privileged to be able to host our clinical advisory board in person at our headquarters in Austin, Texas, and we had uh, great sessions on you know, multiple topics that were near and dear to all our hearts as, as providers and clinicians. And what I've heard from our clinical advisory board is that they really appreciate the opportunity to collaborate with Athena and, and especially our product development team and have their voice heard and, and bring their voice to the table. And by and large, um, you know, and I'll have to give the disclaimer here that I am a diehard Athena fan. I've used the application for many years and I love it. Otherwise, I wouldn't have joined Athena, but <laughs> I just wanted to put that out there. But what I've also heard from many of our customers, as well as our clinic advisory board, is that even though, yes, there's things um, they would like us to see improve, by and large, they really love the product and they also are very excited about the direction we're going into and about the ability to really contribute their clinical insights and their voice to our um, product design and development. Great. So one of the major changes in the fall 2022 release involves updates to standardized quantity units, medications, and vaccines in Athena One. We know this is going to be a pretty significant change to ordering workflows for clinicians. Um, can you start by walking us through the why, why these updates are happening now? Yes, so the most important why is that this is a regulatory requirement, so it's not optional. All electronic health record vendors are required to make these changes by the end of the year. So um, we have to do this. Um, these changes are due to a CMS regulation. And the aim of the regulation is to reduce errors and increase efficiencies in the prescribing process. Um, part of the goal of the regulation is to deprecate units, such as, for example, bottle or tube that uh, used to generate confusion when pharmacists were dispensing medications and um, not infrequently led to prescribing errors. So that is one of the reasons we're making this change. So what's actually changing in Athena One in the fall 2022 release? So what's changing in Athena One is uh, several things. Uh, first, providers will no longer be able to order deprecated medications or vaccines. Um, this will be determined by First Data Bank, which is the vendor that we will be partnering with moving forward for order content. Second, uh, quantity units moving forward will be limited to standard units moving forward. And those standard units are determined by the new regulatory standard 19.12e, uh, um, which specifies the units which still will be allowed um, in the future. So units that will no longer be allowed under the new regulatory standard will also no longer be available for selection. That makes sense, right? In addition um, to the units that will be available, the so-called base units, which is the smallest amount of a medication available for ordering, so for example, gram or tablet, Clinicians will also see what we call manufacturer available units. So those are base units with packaging information. So an example of this would be um, a 50 ml bottle or a 12 tablet blister pack. So the reason why we will now surface manufacturer available quantities unit moving forward um, is to allow clinicians to better advise patients at the point of care. So 
For example, if I intend to prescribe 100 milliliters of a liquid antibiotic, but the smallest package size is actually 125 milliliter, I should have insights into that, right? So that I don't tell the patient at the point of care, oh, make sure you finish the full course of medication, but rather I let them know that they will have leftover medication that needs to be discarded at the end of the treatment course so that they don't accidentally take too much or take the medication too long, which could lead to um, you know, a dosing error. So we're recording this now shortly before the fall 2022 release. Um, for those who are listening before the release, is there anything that clinicians, practice managers can do to be prepared for this change in Athena One? So what I would advise everyone to do is to actually run the encounter plan and order set invalid data report that we are providing. Um, the purpose of this report is to help you identify order sets and encounter plans that include prescription quantity units and or medications that will no longer be valid after this update. Um, unfortunately, we will not be able to give you the ability to make updates to orders, order sets or encounter events before the date the functionality change actually occurs, so in, in advance of the release date. And that's simply because we're not actually updating the content in AthenaNet until the release. So there's nothing new for you to select. Um, but at least this report will allow you to prioritize order sets and encounter plans for updates um, by frequency of use and help you plan your updates in advance. So that on release day, you can dedicate the appropriate resource and update the most frequently used order sets and encounter plans first. Because what we would like to avoid is for providers or prescribers to be frustrated if they have to pull in the same order set that now includes, you know, invalid quantity units or medications over and over and over during the course of the day. And every single time they pull it in, they'll have to update the same quantity unit or um, um, medication order. So prioritizing those appropriately and then making those updates early in the day on release day will hopefully avoid um, frustration on the prescriber side. So if I'm understanding this right, it sounds like there may be some work to do up front um, with these deprecated units, but long term, our hope is that, and the CMS's hope is that this will make ordering easier in the long run. Yes, absolutely. So the regulation is aimed at streamlining the prescribing process. Uh, combined with the changes we're making in Athena One, our hope is that this should not just reduce dosing errors by aligning provider prescribing with pharmacy dispensing practices, but also by alerting providers to deprecated or discontinued units. Um, medication and vaccines. So this should hopefully minimize delays in therapy, which today can be caused by ordering a medication, uh, vaccine or package size that is actually no longer available. And, and the patient may not become aware of this until they get to the pharmacy or, you know, the pharmacy may today um, re require a phone call to you for clarification, which just creates unnecessary work on both the pharmacies as well as the practices side. So, Informing providers at the point of care of available package sizes, and I mentioned that earlier, um, also helps uh, providers to advise patients at the point of care appropriately that they may have leftover medication that needs to be discarded. So I think ultimately, our hope is that all these things combined will lead to not just better medication adherence, but also a reduction in number of clarifying calls from the pharmacy, which should reduce work on behalf of the practice. So speaking of ordering, there's a separate new feature that involves an accelerator for medication orders. 
Can you walk us through what that will mean for clinicians? Yes, so Accelerate, for those of you who don't know this yet, is our functionality that actually allows prescribers to pull in a medication from the medication list directly into an encounter order group to start a new prescription. Um, so this is meant to accelerate your prescribing workflows. That's why it's called Accelerate. What we've heard from providers um, is that Accelerate was working inconsistently. Sometimes it was copying over information from the previous order, such as the diagnosis. Sometimes it wasn't. This was due to the fact that Accelerate was using the last prescription, which could have been a fill history to copy over the information. Unfortunately, you know, as many of you may know, Fill history information never contains the diagnosis uh, because that information today is not included in the fill history message. So while we send prescription most diagnosis information to the pharmacy, pharmacies do not return that information when they send the fill history back to us. Um, in addition, um, acceleration of fill history events has many other challenges today. So for example, fill histories always contain unstructured six, right? We, we all know that unstructured six are not necessarily good because they cannot be used to auto-calculate quantity or perform dose safety checks. So sometimes today we don't have a choice but to use an unstructured six, but by and large, we much prefer structured six because again, uh, they do allow safety checking and also allow the system to auto-calculate the quantity. Um, in addition, you know, structured six um, are also used to surface pricing or coverage information. Uh, and again, unstructured six do not do this today because they don't contain a structured days of supply, which we utilize to surface uh, that type of information. The other problem with unstructured six is that they also often differ from the original SIG the provider made in the prescription, and they may include undesired inclusions or omissions from the pharmacy. Um, and of course, soon after this update, they may also include deprecated quantity units. So for all these reasons, we have updated our system logic to no longer accelerate fill histories, but instead accelerate the original prescription in the chart, including for refill requests. So, in the beginning, um, this unfortunately means that prescribers will no longer be able to accelerate a medication that was not prescribed in their practice, but was instead downloaded as a fill history event. So this may require a change in behavior, and my recommendation would be to leverage order sets as much as possible to queue up those initial prescriptions and save some time. Over the long run, however, this change should save significant amounts of time, as most of the accelerated medications will accelerate correctly with all previous details. Um, and this will save prescribers the need to correct accelerated medication orders. And it also will hopefully lead to a reduction um, of prescribing errors. Another feature in the fall 2022 release involves a new search tool for text macros. I'd like to take a step back for one second. For those who don't use them, what is the advantage to using text macros in Athena One? So yeah, I personally love text macros. Text macros are basically pre-written verbiage that can be inserted in any of the free text fields in the encounter. So for example, HPI, ROS, assessment and plan, they can also be inserted in patient cases or test results. And, and all it takes is a single click. They are a phenomenal time saver. Um, some providers may know text macros as smart phrases. We call them text macros. Um, in addition to including simple verbiage, 
Text macros also allow you to include HTML commands and, and at Athena we call it Athena ML. Uh, and those commands allow you to include tables, dropdowns, lists, all kinds of cool things that really um, allow you to pre-build templates that dramatically speed up your documentation time. So this new feature, how is it going to make text macros easier to use? So the use of text macros in the clinical workflow will not change. Uh, what is changing is that it will be much easier to create or edit text macros. I'm most excited about the fact that um, this new functionality will make it now possible to actually preview what the text macro will look like when you're creating it. Um, this is especially helpful when including HTML content such as you know tables or drop downs. Previously, and this has always been a bit of an annoyance to me personally, it was necessary to go back and forth between an encounter to kind of pull in the text macro that you just created and try it out and see what it would actually look like. And then you would have to go back to the admin page to edit it. So now I can actually do this all from the admin page, which, which is just a phenomenal time saver. Um, additionally, we now have all kinds of cool filters on the text macro admin page that will make it much easier to search for text macros and also to copy other providers' text macros or to subscribe and unsubscribe from other providers' text macros. So super excited about this new functionality. Finally, clinicians who use the Athena One mobile app for iOS are going to see a redesigned imaging section so they can see more images at once or easily navigate to historically similar results. So similar to text macros, for those who may not be using the Athena One mobile app and are only using the desktop version of Athena One, I wanted to ask you, what's the advantage of using the app? So I love the app because it allows me to quickly look up uh, a patient or the patient's chart and information. This is especially helpful when on call and, and for example, when I'm not near my computer, but I want to see you know, what the patient's history is before I answer the phone call. Um, and you know, it also allows me to even place an order for, for a patient. So if I've already left the office and I get a phone call and the prescription didn't make it to the pharmacy, for example, I can actually pull over and send it right there from my, from my car, which, which is a super cool functionality. Um, additionally, the, the app also makes it very easy to see your schedule for the day. Um, we now have this super cool ability to add things like the schedule or the inbox as a widget to the iPhone on the home screen. So I can actually see that right in my widget section, what my schedule looks like and also what I have in my inbox. Now, I may not necessarily want to see it, but it's still very cool to, to have that quick shortcut, so to speak, because uh, the nice thing about widgets, and I have to admit that I just recently learned about widgets when our app functionality was released. The nice thing about the widget is that I can actually click on, on the widget and it brings me directly to the page in the app. So it, it bypasses uh, that entire need to go in the app and then search for the page. So pretty cool, it's a great uh, time saver. Now, I don't use this a lot because I typically finish my notes uh, at the time I see the patient because I leverage our accelerators such as encounter plans um, and text macros to do this pretty quickly. But it's very easy to finish components of the note uh, from the app. So for example, by directly dictating into the encounter on the phone. Um, now, I will mention that voice recognition requires a, a separate license with a vendor such as Nuance. Um, Siri can be used, but it is not HIPAA compliant, so we don't recommend leveraging Siri to dictate into an encounter. 
The other cool thing about the mobile app is that we now have new technology for the app called Virtual Assistant. If you have not seen it yet, um, watch a demo because it, it is super exciting. You can basically order Athena to perform tasks in the app for you, such as surfacing your last EK, the last EKG or pulling up your schedule or even placing an order. Um, the cool thing about Voice Assistant is that you don't even have to know how to navigate the app. You literally just talk to it and ask it to do things for you, such as pull in a text macro. There's an additional fee for the virtual assistant and it may not be for everyone, um, but those providers who use it rave about it. And I've, I've heard uh, tons of positive comments about the time savings it has created for them. One thing I wanted to follow up on, you mentioned, you know, you may not always want to see your clinical inbox on your iPhone home screen. I do sometimes wonder if there are clinicians who are hesitant to download the Athena One app because they don't necessarily want their clinical inbox right there all the time around the clock. Is that something you've heard? So I've not personally heard this, but now that you mention it, I can absolutely imagine that some providers will feel that way. Um, I will say that I feel similar about my work email, um, but I still have it on my phone because the convenience of this just simply trumps all my other sentiments. So I, I think um, it is important though to put guardrails around it. So for example, for my work email, yes, I have it on my phone, but I don't have notifications enabled for it because I want to decide when to check it. I don't want to see you know, every single email on my uh, lock screen because that just will give me palpitations and increase my level of anxiety. And I can certainly imagine that providers feel similar about having their inbox uh, as a widget on their home screen. So again, it's for me, the convenience uh, trumps the pain that it inflicts. Um, and I would just encourage everyone to, you know, leverage common sense and ensure you put the appropriate guardrails in place. But personally, the convenience of being able to access patient charts on the fly when necessary, you know, or even taking care of a few index tasks while I have some downtime. So, for example, when I'm waiting in line or I'm at a particular boring baseball game of one of my kids. Um, so if I have dead time at my hands, I'd much rather quickly log into my phone and bang out a few inbox tasks and then have free time at the end of the day to actually leverage in a more valuable fashion, such as spending the time with my family. Uh, that to me trumps the downside of having your clinical inbox in your pocket as you phrase it. <laughs> well, all of this has been really great, Dr. Jessel. Thank you so much for taking the time to go through all of these release features for us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. As always, there are many features designed to support billing and administrative workflows, including patient check-in. As part of the fall 2022 release walkthrough broadcast, my friend Brad Kreisman spoke to Charles Bergeron, whose team is rebuilding patient self-check-in functionality in Athena One. All right, so self-check-in. I don't think most people are even aware that we have self-check-in functionality, and certainly not everyone's taking advantage of it. How would you describe the benefits? Yeah, so self-check-in is a great way to add efficiency to your practice mm -hmm. by having patients complete their pre-appointment check-in tasks before they arrive. This can help save time, uh, reduce manual data entry, add efficiency for patients yeah. and practices. Uh, patients actually prefer to complete their check-in tasks online in advance of the appointment. Um, all right, so, so some people are already taking advantage of this. What should they expect to see maybe different tomorrow than today? Yeah, so we've actually rebuilt our self-check-in workflow from the ground up okay. uh, to provide a fresh look and feel for patients and to add a lot of new capabilities that clients have long requested. So for example, 
we, uh, we've received a lot of requests from clients over the years to add more screening questionnaires yeah. to the self-check-in workflow. Yep. Um, because we've built this new experience with that in mind, we've actually gone from offering 10 screening questionnaires to 57 and counting going forward. Uh, another big addition is the insurance card image capture workflow. Yep. Patients can take and upload images of their insurance card in advance of the appointment, which allows the practice to find and choose the right package and then run those eligibility checks before the appointment. Got it. So a lot of the work that you're talking about centers on our online self-check-in, but my understanding is this isn't necessarily impacting that in-office workflow yet. What, what's in store there? Right. So we don't have an in-office workflow available for our new enhanced self-check-in, okay. but it is coming. We hope to have it rolled out uh, by early next year. So speaking of rolling out, is this going to be an automatic change? Is it a switch you got to flip? How does that work? So our enhanced self-check-in doesn't have uh, full feature parity yet with okay. our current solution that's in market. Mm -hmm. And so we're being pretty conservative in how we, we automatically roll this out. So if you're a client that uses our existing self-check-in workflow, but doesn't use things like the in-office uh, workflow yeah. or um, other health history forms, mm -hmm. you are eligible for the auto upgrade and you should have already received an email about this. Okay. All other clients are still welcome to opt in and they can absolutely start using it. Yeah. To do so, they just need to shoot a message over to the CSC and they'll be able to get you set up. Okay, so beyond sending the message over to the CSC, anything else people need to kind of think about from a, from a preparation standpoint? For net new clients yeah. that are using self-check-in for the first time, they're gonna have to do some configuration, things like configuring their digital consent forms, mm -hmm. screeners, and their medications history review. For patients that are upgrading from our, our current workflow, very little is actually needed uh, as all of their existing configurations will carry over seamlessly. The one thing to keep in mind is we did add uh, you know, more than 45 new screeners uh, for clients to configure. So if you wanna take advantage of those, you'll yeah. need to go in and set those up. All right, and I, I know you and your team are thinking a lot about the future. What, what do we have in store? Uh, tons. We plan to continue investing in self-check-in for the next few years to deliver a best-in-class self-check-in solution. Uh, so we'll be adding things like that in uh, in-office workflow that I mentioned. Yeah. We'll be adding other health history forms. And then we're gonna turn our attention to some really great new things like a paperless form solution that will let clients digitize uh, forms that they already have on paper. Wow. Um, as well as things like uh, HPI, ROS, um, and, and more. Very exciting changes. Thank you so much for your time. If you want to know even more about the features in the fall 2022 release, be sure to check out the release centers on the success community. If you have any feedback about this podcast or ideas for topics you'd like to cover in the future, please reach out at podcast at athenahealth.com. We'll talk to you soon.